Yes. Hi. Yes. I'm going to keep muttering. Cool. Nice. Good. Unicorn. Unicorn. Giant robot smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Giant Robot Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. It is August 17th, 2012. I am Ben Orenstein, and I am here with Gabe Burke-Williams. How's it going, Gabe? It's going well. Awesome. So, Gabe, you wanted to come here and talk about Apprentice.io. Is that yes. true? Excellent. Uh, can you give us sort of a quick overview of what that program is? Um, it's our apprentice program, unsurprisingly. Um, people apply uh, if they're accepted. Um, we take them on for three months. We train them in Rails and Ruby and whatever else we think that they should learn. Um, during Kung their Fu. Kung Fu, sure. Yep. That's actually the first month. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of wax on, wax off. Um, during the third month, we try to find them a job. Um, they still learn, but there's more of a focus on hiring because we want people to come out of here with a job and they definitely have uh, hireable skills. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's very real-world focused then, right? It's not sort of theoretical knowledge? Yes, it's very, very much real-world. Um, all of the um, apprentices work on client projects. Um, they also have breakable toys, which is a concept from Apprenticeship Patterns, uh, the book. Um, the idea is that they have something that doesn't really matter to the clients, but matters very much to themselves that they can fiddle around with and break. That's breakable toy, but it's mostly client projects. Interesting. So this is such an interesting change because like when I wanted to learn programming, I, I went and did like computer science education and learned very little real world programming at all. Uh, and then had to basically be trained on the job. So this is kind of like directly into that instead. Yes. Um, we're not just nerding out about red black trees. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've ever used a red black tree, kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, right. But yes, it's, it's, there's a ton of real world knowledge. A lot of people actually come with computer science degrees, unsurprisingly. Huh. Yeah. Um, and they want that last step of like, okay, yeah. now I have the theory. So maybe teach me something that actually sh shows up day to day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and, and this is not the only program like this in the country, right? I'm seeing these like all over the place. There's like yes. Hungry Academy and a number of notable others. And so it, it feels to me almost like a, a, a backlash or maybe a response to sort of the market conditions. Like we sort of started this program because we were having such a hard time finding awesome developers that were already awesome. Yes. Um, I actually came in through the Apprentice program before it was called Apprentice.io last year. Uh -huh. um, and you're full-time now? And I'm full-time now, yes. Cool. I am, I'm not a year-long apprentice. That explains why I see you so often. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've, I have a key. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's a sort of a lack of very well-trained Ruby developers. There's always a ton of demand for it. Um, right. I think Dan Croak, our chief marketing officer, wrote a post on bostino.com mm. about how there are so few um, Ruby developers, so much demand, and like 10 of these sort of apprentice <laughs> programs right. uh, that just kind of sprang up over like months. It, there was there was so many posts yeah. about like, there's a new one. There's Hungry Academy, Code Academy, not Code Academy, Code Academy. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, and us. Yeah. It's interesting. I was talking to our CTO, Joe, the other day about sort of what we look for when we're hiring somebody. And a couple of years ago, it was like someone that is already extremely proficient with Rails and is able to hit the ground running immediately. Um, 
And now we're looking at people who are maybe like six months or a year away from being that guy because once they are that guy, you can't hire them anymore. Like demand is just so insane. Like they'll, they'll be gone. They won't even be like applying for jobs anymore. Yes. I hadn't actually thought of that, but we're very sneakily getting in on the ground floor and producing great developers Yeah, um, that we maybe couldn't hire after they had that sort of experience. Right. How have the results been so far from the program, would you say? Um, in what sense? Uh, is it a success? Are we failing? Is it going okay? Uh, I would not say that we're failing. <laughs> I think that apprentices have um, all come out of it with a lot of real-world skills. Certainly, um, I, I think of the curve of their learning as exponential um, mm. because a lot of apprentices come in with a lot of potential, but maybe not as much knowledge, which is why they're coming in. Sure. And then they learn an incredible amount while here. I remember when I was an apprentice, I just learned some like 10 new Vim concepts a day. And mm -hmm. that was just Vim. The mm -hmm. Ruby and Rails knowledge was just, it just shot up. And maybe I'm at linear gains <laughs> now, but it's, it's just kind of a fire hose. Yeah. And apprentices can learn as much as they want. Sure. And, and in terms of like concrete results, we've ended up hiring a number of apprentices internally, like you, for example, and yes. a couple others. Um, and other ones have gone on to do startups or get hired at other companies. Yes. Um, I don't have exact stats mm -hmm. on it, but I feel like a, a lot, I almost want to say 90% of maybe 100% have like found a job, started their own company, or been hired by ThoughtBot mm -hmm. after going through the program. Awesome. That's great. So has anything about the program surprised you? Um, not, I guess, not specifically that I can recall. It's hard to be a good mentor. Mm. Why is that? <laughs> um, that wasn't really surprising, but um, it's hard to find an approach that kind of works for all mentors. I've been a mentor since I could, ever since we started Apprentice.io. So I've had, I think, five apprentices. Mm. Um, and it's been different for all of them. I think I'm getting better as a mentor just from kind of finding commonalities. Surely. But um, it's the, everyone has different gaps in their knowledge. Um, and it's difficult to find those gaps. Mm. Well, can you take me through, like, what, what are some of your techniques? How do you, how do you be a mentor? What, do you, what, is, your, what is the day-to-day? -day? Um, the very first day, um, I sit down with the apprentice and I ask them, what do they want to learn? Um, what do they think that like they're good at? What kind of experience do they have in Ruby and Rails? Because we've had people who had who were learning the pickaxe book, the basic Ruby book, mm -hmm. and we've had people who did like sysadmin at like universities for three years. So like huge range of experiences. Um, so I asked, you know, what do you think? What do you want to get better at? And a lot of times. And this is what makes it really tricky. Apprentices don't know what they don't know. Sure. Yep. <laughs> um, so, like, I'll say, like, do you know what, like, design patterns are? And they'll be like, no. So I'm like, okay, well, let's try to get some design patterns in there, some good object-oriented skills. Um, so that's the very first day. Mm -hmm. um, and then I try to tailor, and then I nail down very specific goals. So if they want to learn, get better at OO. Um, I, th I say, okay, let's do gang of four, 
let's come up with three patterns, try to use them in your code. So there's a very, it's not like, I want to be better at OO. It is, it's a very vague goal. You know, totally. like I have, you know, more experience than they do. So I say like, okay, here's a checklist. Right. We're going to do very specific things. Something you can actually put on a list and then be like, yes, you did right. that thing. So like getting better at open source is... Right. Is Completely <laughs> nebulous. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I say, well, how about you submit a pull request or take a pull request on a project that mm-hmm. I manage, mm-hmm. um, which is hard. Yeah. That's, that's if you don't have any experience with open source, that's a month. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the beginning. Um, we keep track of weekly goals. We have, we use backpack, um, and each apprentice uses their homepage to say like this week I learned this next week. I want to learn this. This is how it went. Um, and we share that page with the whole company to kind of make public i want uh, publicly accountable sort of um i don't know if anyone really looks at them <laughs> but it definitely kind of changes the apprentices mindset right because they think people are looking at them. absolutely yeah um so <laughs> I hope the apprentices yeah. don't listen to this <laughs> yeah. the secret's out now yeah um go back to work apprentices um so that's kind of my general flow mm-hmm. um how about do you pair with your apprentice during the day do you yes um it's sometimes it can you kind of have to manage pairing um sometimes um it slows you down sure. and you like need to push something out um i try to not be like that i think that it's very easy to kind of be like that'll slow me down too much i don't want to pair with you um, which is kind of a downer for the apprentice. Totally. Yeah. Um, and also pairing is an insanely good way to get better. Absolutely. Um, I like just random things that you notice someone doing that you didn't know were possible. Absolutely. Um, mostly Vim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Vim is a, but, um, maybe they don't know how to write an RSpec test from scratch, like given a blank file. Right. And it's hard to discover that. Um, like without pairing with them. So if you do like, okay, like let's write a test for that. And then they're like, uh, then, you know, you've discovered like a weakness and it's easy to fix because you're pairing with them. Totally. And, and you're bumping into like, by definition, real world things because exactly. you're actually working on a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in, so that's kind of my personal process in terms of like the general thought bot process that everyone goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, it's a three month apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, we try to have three mentors, one per month. Um, the, so you, you rotate mentors. Yeah, we rotate mentors. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, we do a mentor handoff. Um, we sometime actually pick up the, the apprentice and yeah. hand it to the next person. Yeah. Um, everyone here has great squat form. Sure. Um, we hire light apprentices. <laughs> uh, we do a mentor handoff with the apprentice, with both mentors in the room and then the apprentice. And to say like, okay, what are the weaknesses? What do you, what did you work on? Um, where do you think um, the apprentice should go next? Mm-hmm. Um, as well as like apprentice self assessments. And you can kind of like see where the mentor thinks they should go and the apprentice thinks they should go. Um, which is like good because then you don't lose like a month and have to kind of start over. Sure. There's some continuity. Exactly. That's, (laughs) that's really the only thing that's like common to all of 
the apprentices. Got it. Um, how would you describe an ideal candidate? Um, I would say eagerness to learn is the cliched way to put it, mm-hmm. but is also true. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like apprentices who really love to like read. So if you give them like a chapter and then they're like, I read six chapters over the weekend. You're like, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, or they do lots of self study. Um, that boosts things a lot. Mm. Um, are those, so it's a little bit hard to look for those things in, in like a candidate though, right? Like when someone yes. applies. Um, I can't, I, I, enthusiasm, I suppose. Mm. Um, some people are definitely like more enthusiastic about doing it. Um, it's hard to say what an ideal candidate is Mm -hmm. just because the only thing I can think of is like that they've all, all of the like apprentices have really had in common is just like they go out there and they like go for it. And Mm -hmm. they like, like I think working at ThoughtBot is kind of like a fire hose even for me. Yeah. And so if they can soak up as much of it as they can by Mm -hmm. like reading books or like, um, pairing. So, uh, so someone that's good at teaching themselves is a good candidate. Someone that's able to sort of process a bunch of information flowing in. How about like if, if I, if I was considering applying for the program, do I need to have programmed in the past? Um, I would say it definitely helps. Um, I think we have had people who had zero programming experience. And, um, at this point we have so many candidates, um, that, we do give some preference to like people who have programmed, especially in Ruby or rails. Like mm-hmm. if you have um, a GitHub, for example, mm-hmm. some, some public uh, or Bitbucket, we don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, some public demonstration that you know how to code, especially that you know how to code rails. Yeah. Um, that's going to put you, ahead. that's going to, yeah. Um, an indication that like you like coding um, a GitHub account is a good way of showing that off. Sure. Um, you get a lot more out of the program if you start there and we don't have to kind of bootstrap you up. Right. That said, like uh, the person I mentioned before who like was learning the pickaxe book as we kind of came in has been probably one of the best apprentices we ever had. We actually hired him. Uh, so it wasn't you, wasn't it? It wasn't me. <laughs> okay. No. Um, so sort of a case by case basis, but that's definitely a strong signal in your favor. So it's possible for employers to actually sign up for the program as well, right? Yes. Um, employers sign up for free. The advantage of signing up is that they can see apprentices and their updates, which are like many blog posts on apprentice IO per apprentice that detail what they've been doing. Um, the employers show up in the employer list, which apprentices can browse. Um, sometimes employers don't complete their profile. So complete your profile or else you won't show up in the list. Mm. Um, so the advantage is they get access to the apprentices. They get contact info. Mm. Um, and they can email or tweet at the apprentices um, and kind of talk to them. Official permission to they go harass the them for yes. employment. Yes. Cool. Um if the employer hires an apprentice, we take a fee that's 20% of their first year salary, 
which is the same as most recruitment agencies, except that we can offer a much higher quality. Sure, absolutely. Um, guarantee, basically, that, yeah. um, than most recruiters can. Right. I mean, a recruiter is just like, I found a person for you. Right. We're like, and we trained a person <laughs> yes. for you. Exactly. Yeah. So now I'd like to actually bring in a real-life apprentice, not a former apprentice, but a current apprentice, uh, Edward Lovall. How are you doing, Edward? Pretty well. How are you? Good. Um, Edward has been huge. He's actually been helping us uh, record and edit these podcasts, so you're familiar with his work already, at least on the audio side. Um, but aside from the podcast, what have you been doing during your apprenticeship? Um, so I'm a design apprentice as oh. opposed to a developer apprentice. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little bit different than some of the things Gabe's been talking about uh, we, for example, we don't pair as much. Sure. Because it's like, you know, it's less, we're not learning so much. How do you write CSS or something? It's more these design principles or, I mean, it could be even be CSS too, if that's something you need help on. But um, a lot of it's design principles, laying out pages, colors, um, formatting, just thinking about design problems. So mm -hmm. things like that. Um, so I've been learning a lot of that. I never went to design school in the first place. So a lot of that has been my focus. I'm pretty good with like the HTML, CSS side of it, but the actual design principles has been a lot, a lot more where I've grown while I've been here. Interesting. Yeah. It seems like that would be tough to kind of cram into apprentice an apprenticeship. It's kind of like, by the way, develop good taste in the next right. few months. And I mean, right. there's more to it than that, right? Just, totally. Like there are fundamental principles just sure. like with programming, but. Right. Like I, I, one of the first major things I learned was, was about grids and laying a site out on a grid mm -hmm. as opposed to just sort of throwing elements wherever they feel like they should go mm -hmm. in that one page, but trying to stick to actual uh, a framework, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So has the program been good for you? Did you been, enjoy it? Oh, it's been incredible. Yeah. Uh, so actually today's my last day. Yep. So I can look back on the whole thing. It's It's been really awesome. I would absolutely, I left my job to do it and I would do that in a second. Oh, wow. Again. So like if I had it. to go back, yeah, I would you? absolutely do that again. Cool. Yeah. And uh, the results from it? Are you going somewhere? I am. So yeah. I actually uh, I got a job uh, at a place called Intrepid. Awesome. Um, Intrepid Labs, I believe. And they're out in, uh, in Cambridge. And it should be really fun. They do iOS dev. So I, I get to be um, one of the first designers there. Fantastic. So that should be really Congratulations. Cool. Thank you. Cool. So a successful result? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what has the hardest part been? Hmm. Um, probably just pushing through day after day a lot of it i mean i'm learning all these things that are so outside of the things i have ever learned before that it's it's it was hard to just keep going every single day and like oh man i feeling like i was totally failing at all these things because i don't know them but it's just no you're learning and you'll get yeah. better and you just have to keep pushing at it um but I, the whole culture here is really encouraging of that and mm. willing to any i could go up to any designer not just my mentor at the time and ask hey can you help me with this or can you recommend something for me to look at or something like that? Yeah. And they, and they will. And they're very, very good about that. That's good. It's good to know it. it's happened on both sides. Yeah. That sort of knowledge sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. And i and I even feel too, that they, the designers or developers here don't feel as if they can't learn. In fact, completely the opposite where I, even as a apprentice who didn't do any of this stuff before could offer even could offer things to them even and, and show them things that they had never seen before. Yeah, that's a great point. Actually, Gabe, did you have any of that experience where like you felt like you learned something from your apprentices or in the process of teaching? Um, 
Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Can, it's okay. You can say no. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not sure I've learned as much about, like, um, developing or, like, about Ruby specifically. Um, but definitely a lot about kind of thought bot. Hmm. I guess it's more about how little we document things. No, and that makes sense actually. Like so like the newest person to the project is always the guy that points out like how do you do this? Like they're the best best person to like identify deficiencies in documentation, right? Yeah, I guess deficiencies in how we bring people on to Thoughtbot. Mm. Um we have an onboarding document now. Mm-hmm. But it's still for example doesn't tell you how to write a blog post on our blog. That's been confusing for everyone. Right. Um, especially people who don't like know Tumblr, but even for people who do. Yeah. Um, so, so one of the things I've noticed when I do teach people things is like it tends to crystallize my understanding of something. It's like I kind of have this sort of not fully formed understanding of a concept. And then someone I'm trying to teach it to someone and they ask me like a very basic question. And I'm like, huh, I don't. I, wow. Good question. And I, I find that I end up with a better understanding afterwards once I teach a thing and have to really go figure out the real details of it. So I imagine yeah. you're, you're getting that as a, a, that a mentor. That has definitely happened. Cool. So, Edward, could you describe a sort of normal day for you? Yeah. So uh, I'll come in and we're working on a client project and I'll be helping my mentor with something. So maybe that's he's designed something and I'll be implementing it in the browser mm. or they'll have something sort of half designed or half thought out and I will complete that. Um, so or you were doing client work. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty much every day. Um, I also um, worked with another developer apprentice on a breakable on his breakable toy and designing his breakable toy. Oh, great! Um, and that was a lot of uh, that was really really good for me. I think hmm. so. So it's I mean it's pretty much every day working in a text editor, writing HTML and CSS, and sometimes sketching, sometimes mocking up things. Did, did we get you on Vim during your apprenticeship? A here? little bit. Yeah, I'm just I. I started learning it actually as soon as TextMate went open source. <laughs> so so uh, I'm I'm still definitely in the process of learning it, but it's getting a lot better day by day. So it's hard to pass through several months of Thoughtbot without getting the yeah. the Vim infection. It is, <laughs> um, unless you're Matt Jankowski. <laughs> yes, he's resisted. He has an immunity. I resisted for a while, and I still understand. Like I still I feel more comfortable in TextMate than I do in Vim. But mm-hmm. you know, there's reasons to switch. And and again, like that's. People are very open. People are very persuasive, and people think about things very pragmatically. And will point you say, "Look, this is better. This is why." Mm-hmm. Not, I don't, I don't care personally, but you should look at this. And I learned a lot. Sure. Way, so. Yeah. So it's your last day. Yes. So you can safely tell us how you think the program could be improved, right? Yeah. Um, actually, uh, uh, one of the one of the other designers here uh, and I were talking about this on a drive up to a a little meetup, uh, and just sort of thinking about like what are the best ways to get people and design is sort of trickier i think in some ways at least or at least we haven't nailed it yet um because it's it's much more uh tricky like as you said design problems are are sort of fuzzier and not as more programmatic Mm -hmm. and so that's a that's a tricky thing so we're talking about how we can improve this and i think the best thing i did was working on that breakable toy Mm. with the with the developer apprentice because that sort of gave me 
like I, I was the lead designer on that. I was the only designer. On yeah, that. right. So it was it, it helped me grow a lot. It was tricky coming in. Um, my first day, I ended up going out of the office to another client, and that was really hard. Just like I'm trying to get my bearings, and I'm with somebody who doesn't who also doesn't have their bearings because they're starting on this project sure. that day, and that was that was really difficult. Cool. Um, yeah. So things like that, but I mean. It, it's also very hard because it's specific to every person. Like yeah. uh, my my level of experience and my level of help needed is going to be totally different than than mm-hmm. Gabe or coming in or something. You know, anybody else? Yeah, I would need much more help with design. Yes, Naturally. also true. <laughs> yeah, you can swap some Vim skills for some design <laughs> skills. Old shit. trade share. Yeah, um, I think that's actually a, that sounds like a great pattern probably to reuse of having the design apprentices working with the development apprentices on breakable toys yes um i am actually the product manager for apprentice io yep so i try to intercept uh apprentices on their first day or sometime in their first week and basically tell them if they have anything that they think could be improved in any way to just tell me Mm -hmm. and i can do something to make that happen because I think that we can always improve Apprentice IO. I think that it's pretty good, but there are still things that could make it, you know, perfect ish. Uh, <laughs> and I'm always trying to like find out ways in which we're weak or ways in which maybe we were, um, we didn't live up to expectations in like whatever area it could be really small, but I want to fix it. Yeah, totally. Uh, Edward, do you have any advice for incoming apprentice for success in the program? Talk with your mentor as soon as you can to try to figure out what you don't know. Because mm. I, I came in knowing some, knowing that I didn't know some things, but I learned a lot of, you know, I'm in my third month and I'm learning this concept and it's like, wow, if I had started on this month one, I really could have nailed this. But as it is like I'm going to get a decent pass at it and then continue to learn on my own but it that's the I, yeah that's the, probably the biggest thing figure out try to figure out exactly what you don't know like force your mentor to to take a look at your portfolio take a look at your skills and and be harsh with you and say no you don't know this you need to learn this right and and then try to figure out how to do that cuz that's how you grow the best totally I think that's also true for mentors. I at the end of each week we review. I, I, I review with my me, with my apprentice um, the weekly goals and whether they were accomplished, why they weren't accomplished, and then set the goals for next week. And after that, I ask for an honest assessment of how the week went and what I could have improved. Um, and I go for like I, I ask for very brutal honesty. Um, which is which hard. Is, it is hard. It's hard to give. It, yes. It's, which is why I'm like very emphatic that like, I won't take it personally that it's like about, not about me. It's about me as a mentor mm. and how I can help them better because it's, it's for them, you know, it's, yeah. it's not going to help me if I'm a better mentor, it's going to help them. Um, and that's been pretty helpful in like discovering ways that I can help that specific apprentice. Yep. Um, have they been pretty willing to offer that sort of brutal feedback? It varies. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it varies depending on the person. Um, yeah. Sometimes you have to kind of ask again and again and mm-hmm. just be like, I know something went wrong. Something wasn't perfect. 
um, what was it? Sure. Um, sometimes I'll say like, I don't know if this went well. How do you think this went? I was trying that out this week. Um, and I'll, I'll just do little experiments. Hmm. So if someone wanted to apply to the program, what would they do? Um, the process is they go to um, Apprentice.io. They Apprentice.io? Apprentice.io. Yep. Yes. Dot Indian Ocean. There it is. And they sign, they click the like sign up as an apprentice button. Um, they fill out the form. Um, I would encourage them to be like descriptive in their like why like why they want to apply um telling a story is always nice um and then that goes to me and i review that um if i think that that went well i send them a link to take the interview which is a video interview thing that you get questions and then you answer them on video Mm -hmm. then the video is submitted um the next step after that is code review um, so they send over some code and we review it. And then after that, if it's still going well, um, we take them on as an apprentice. Great. And there's a, there's, we have a, a bit of a backlog at the moment, right? Yes, we do have a bit of a backlog at the moment, um, both in reviewing apprentices and also in that we oh, don't have that. room for new apprentices until January of next year. January of next year. All Which right. is prominently displayed on the uh, sure. Apprentice uh, sign-up form. Okay, good. So apply early and be patient. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Gabe and Edward, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I think that uh, just about wraps things up. Now, often on the podcast, we'll take some time to answer your questions. So if you have something that you'd like us to tackle on the air, you can email your question to info at thoughtbot.com or tweet to us at at thoughtbot. Today's podcast was recorded by Edward Lovell. Again, thank you, Edward, for all your work. You're welcome. Uh, We're going to miss you. And uh, it's produced by Chad Vitale. Thanks for listening.